0: Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number 46. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. And we're a couple in Austin, Texas, getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's media and pop culture blind spots and sharing the must-see movies and guilty pleasures from our past. That means each time one of us gets to choose something that the other person has never seen.
1: It's all good. Movie,
0: TV show, media property. Remember, we added that into the mix.
1: That's right. Media property.
0: I have no idea. (laughs) You know, globalization and okay. uh, could be a Good. video game. We've never done uh, that. That's true. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to make you play Bubble Tenience Bubble for aside. 18 hours straight.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, it was my turn to pick this week.
1: Yes. It was
0: It was your turn last time. Yes. And we make it fair. We take that's turns. That's right. <laughs> That's what turns are. And I chose a 1994 Canadian film. Mm-hmm. Exotica by director Adam McGoyan.
1: Yes, which I had not seen, because
0: <laughs> which means it qualifies for the program. <laughs> well,
1: the reason that I had not seen it, you know, I remember this poster. I think you from, do. I don't remember the, that. I just remember it from, from the, box. the the video gigante, as we called it. The video okay, giant. Okay, so
0: Ashley's holding up the uh, I don't know, circa '90s edition of the DVD.
1: It's a Miramax classic. Would you
0: like to describe the cover for us?
1: Um, so we have a a woman dressed like britney spears from the hit me baby one more time video um but she's um she's lifting up her skirt to reveal her thought her spelt thighs
0: and she's in a round spotlight
1: yes and then there's some eyes looking at her
0: okay (laughs) at this point i want to say that nobody on the cover (laughs) of this dvd is in the film
1: That's right. This, and, this woman is not in the film at all. I mean, maybe she's like in this background. Or no, something that's not like a that. character
0: in the film, as far yes. as I know.
1: Um, although a schoolgirl outfit does feature in the film, it's true, but that's not, not the right, not the way person. that it's. It actually looks like a schoolgirl's uniform in the actual thing. I wanted to read the description from the '94
0: okay and then i'll spend the rest of the our our time together defending why i chose this film
1: so i often feel like we're not very good at succinctly you know describing the film
0: so by all means go with the miramax classics version of this movie
1: forbidden desires and dangerous intrigue generate sizzling heat in this erotic thriller At a sexy strip club called Exotica, three strangers, an obsessive man, an erotic table dancer, and the club's mysterious DJ, he's not that mysterious, he's
0: he's kind of a creep,
1: (laughs) share much more than is apparent at first glance. As their secret passions grow, they become more deeply entangled in an escapable web
0: of jealousy,
1: deceit, and revenge.
0: There's no revenge in this movie. actually
1: completely does not mention another plot in the film. (laughs) Another major film. (laughs) Um, This powerfully seductive hit, Exotica, is gripping entertainment. You won't be able to take your eyes off it. (laughs)
0: Okay, so this is the point where I say that this is a completely inaccurate, <laughs> horrible misreading of the movie thrown into publicist uh, marketing language that has no resemblance to the actual film. Do you well, think that resembles the film at I all? I
1: feel like if anybody picked this up off the shelf and um, and exp-
0: went home to watch this,
1: I think they would be really disappointed. I think they would
0: throw the movie across the room. <laughs> if you were the kind of person who who thought that <laughs> sounded awesome and took that home on a Friday or Saturday night <laughs> sorry Adam McGoyan. I know that's not what you're going for but you would throw that it's across the like, room
1: you know you you expect an erotic thriller and you get a movie filled with emotions
0: guess what it's not a thriller yes it's not all that erotic <laughs> it's not steamy no there's no revenge no um the mysterious dj is sort of just creepy and abusive
1: yeah
0: um but yes, there is a guy who's obsessed with a dancer, sort of.
1: Yeah, but not for the ways you, not well, for, for the reasons you would expect. No,
0: and there's nothing that dangerous in the way that they say. No,
1: and they miss the parrot plot, the su- the parrot subplot.
0: <laughs> I think you'll find that it's actually like a, tr- a macaw. Oh, uh, okay. Is that a kind of parrot? I
1: think it's a kind oh, of I parrot. It, yeah, I it's remember. Like, okay. it's like.
0: So where do we? Uh, how do we? How do we get into this? I mean, are we into this? I think do I have we to are. defend why I chose this? Or oh yeah,
1: you have to defend. You have to tell us why you chose it.
0: I'm not. I, I feel very defensive after you sharing the uh, the box. Um, interestingly, does the box on the other side? Does the we have two copies of this movie? Yep. Does the new Blu-ray have that same description?
1: No, it has a different one. Okay,
0: well maybe we can just talk about that then. But. Um, Hopefully, it's more accurate. I mean, anyway, it's
1: still it is more accurate, but it, it still
0: plays up this it, it the exotic. Still, it sort still of, plays
1: up the stripper angle, and it doesn't mention the parrots. Okay, which I think is is a major part of the film. You have to know about the parrots.
0: If only he'd worked <laughs> parrots into the title of the film, it would be accurate. Yes, <laughs> or exotic uh, exotic pet store smuggling operations. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm sure you really want to see this movie now. <laughs> But uh, why did I choose this movie? I chose this movie. So it's 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already seen two other films by Adam McGoyan, I think. Um, and you said you've never really nope. heard of him, weren't familiar with his work or anything. But late 80s, early 90s, well, early 90s, when I was in film school, yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, J.P. Gorin showed us one of his movies, one of his early 87 mm. movies, Family Viewing, which was so weird. I just couldn't read the tone of it at yeah. all. Um, I remember now it had something to do with a, a guy trying to break his grandmother out of the rest home she's in or something. And then his dad is creepy and like recording his like sex videos over the family home movie videotapes or something. Cause he doesn't have, it was very weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> however, and then I saw Adam McGowan, the director, in person at the London Film Festival the year um, I spent some time in, in London.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and that film was Calendar. So anyway, Adam McGowan was um, a really interesting, independent Canadian filmmaker of that time. He's still, he's still working now, but yeah. I haven't really kept up with his career at all. He went on to do The Sweet Hereafter was probably one of his bigger ones back then which was based on a Russell Banks novel. He did Felicia's Journey also based on a novel and a few other sort of lar- bigger budget, mm-hmm. more prestige kinds of things sort of. Um but I always just I always found this film very <laughs> haunting and fascinating yeah. and interesting not just the way it looked but the music of it. And then he makes these films about characters who are like intertwined in such strange ways. So there's this kind of aspect of trying to figure out how characters are related to each other Yeah. and the dynamics and the, and the psychology of them. And that's like really fascinating to me the way he does that. They're very quiet. It's a very quiet understated sort of movie. It, It has like this one has the background of a strip club, Mm -hmm. but that's not what it's about.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it has a very sort of meandering way. I mean, I think that the director, from what I read about it, he wanted the he wanted to do a thriller set in the world of exotic dancing, but he wanted there to be this mystery of how these people are connected by a single event. It turns out we find out at the very end, but he wanted things to be revealed very slowly in the manner of like a striptease sort of thing, you know? So you find out a little bit and then a little bit more and then a little bit more, you know, and there's flashbacks and two different, Major storylines going on, or three really, you know.
0: Even having seen this movie maybe two or three times before, I mean it's been a long time. Yeah. I didn't remember how all these people were connected, and I, and you feel at dif- in the early on that you're kind of watching parallel stories, and you're not sure, and then mm. that it's so it gets so intertwined the way yeah. these people are all connected by that incident in the past.
1: So I mean, like it's it's interesting how it starts. So it does start with our parrot storyline with a. Mm-hmm. With a um, Thomas, Thomas who played by
0: Don McKellar,
1: uh, coming in to the airport in Toronto, I think, and um, going through customs, and then to his apartment where we discover that he's smuggling, you know, eggs, eggs,
0: exotic eggs, exotic Exotic eggs, eggs like strapped around, you know, (laughs) taped to his uh, belt, you know, under his shirt and everything, you know,
1: and during this process and getting him from the airport to home, he shares a cab with this guy who gives him ballet tickets and, and, and that starts a whole, his side of the story. Um, And then we meet our next character as the parrot guy goes to work at his pet shop. And, um, and it turns out they're being audited because they have an excess amount of money going through this failing, obviously failing. Pet I always,
0: shop. I always read this next character, <laughs> yeah. Francis, as like the main character. Yeah. To me, he feels like the protagonist. It's interesting, that it takes one. like
1: ten minutes to even get him on screen. I guess. Yeah. I know? mean, it is
0: sort of an ensemble piece, but his story has the most gravity to it, yeah. and it's also the story that sort of links everybody, everybody together. together. Yeah. But um, Francis is played by Bruce Greenwood. Mm. Yeah, tell us more about him.
1: Uh, he's, he's a guy, he's an auditor <laughs> for the Canadian IRS, whatever that whatever is. Whatever they're called. You know, I don't know what the Canadian IRS is. tax
0: service or something, I don't know.
1: Um, but after he finishes auditing people, he, um, picks up his niece and takes her to his house.
0: We don't know she's his niece.
1: Well, we find out eventually that yeah. she's his niece. He picks up a girl and <laughs> takes her to his house. <laughs> where she stays there and then he goes out to a strip club which is
0: but you know what if I'm thinking back on it now I think we see him go to the strip Does club to first the strip club because first? it's very weird when he's in the car with a 13 12 year yeah, old girl after that
1: I think she's like 14 or something yeah, like know. that yeah um, but the way it's written it's it's a little bit ambiguous like what their relationship is why she's in his car he gives her money we don't know what's going on
0: and you he know. drops her off, and she's like, see you next week.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> After he's been to the strip club to see his uh, favorite exotic dancer. Who,
1: who you know, dresses in sort of school schoolgirl uniform thing and dances to uh, Everybody Knows by Leonard Cohen. But it's not a very sexy dance, I'll have to say that. No. It's kind of a weird modern dance sort yeah. of thing.
0: So... <laughs> tell us about the club
1: um the club is really cool um so
0: the club is called exotica yeah
1: so it it reminds me of like those old school kind of like tea places like in the plaza or something where they have like these two-story things and there's like trees there's like uh, trees vines and and, like water
0: features and yeah
1: it's it's i don't think I mean, like in Texas, we don't have strip or at least not that I've ever seen. I don't think any strip clubs are like that <laughs> in Texas. It was really nice. Um, um, looked like a classy place. And it actually looks some more time. like a
0: 90s theme restaurant yeah, of a certain exactly. kind, like a cocktail bar. Yeah.
1: Razoo, not Razoo. So, and all
0: the clientele are like in, you know, they're like businessmen they're wearing in suits, suits. and Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if there might be a dress code, you know, I think it doesn't
0: seem like a sleazy club. No, no, it's not like what you would what you normally see. Yeah. (laughs) With the poles and the.
1: so, I mean, there's there's women and they're naked and they're dancing. Yeah. But I don't know. It's I mean, like and it's it's interesting to me because like my experience when you have a shot like that, there's all these sort of like low angles and these you know focusing on curves and such like that but the
0: camera doesn't do no, that No
1: it it moves consistently throughout the space and there are you know it does pick up you know people in the background but it doesn't focus on them it's it immediately focuses in on It's more like
0: it's a uh oh go ahead Uh,
1: on on the characters that you know the camera wants us to pay attention to to francis to christina who's the dancer that he's there to see to the dj who is really creepy and elias
0: plays eric (laughs) and (laughs) he has that run-on commentary on the microphone the way so
1: creepy yeah
0: the way he sets up the schoolgirls triptease dance is really creepy yeah um
1: you know, and we find out over time that he has a history with Christina; they used to date. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of the the woman who owns the strip club, Zoe, um, mm-hmm. who is pregnant with Eric's child. Yes, but it's like a convenience thing. Like she wanted a baby, and he was around. Like they're not. They together. have a contract. Yeah, yeah, they have a contract. <laughs> Which I, I believe they only... She's only pregnant because she was actually pregnant in real life. Um, she's the wife of the director. And yeah, so they, uh, they Zoe, they the, the club owner, in.
0: is played by yeah. Arsene Kanchian, <laughs> who's in most of his early films. Yeah. And, so, and um, yeah, she was pregnant with their first child during the movie, which meant a, re- a quick rewrite yeah. <laughs> to, to figure out how to add that element to that character. Yeah. So the idea of... The creepy uh, announcer DJ being the the contracted you know donor and all that yeah actually adds another really weird and interesting layer of um, of jealousy and uh, yeah well
1: I mean so I mean like I don't think this description is accurate but there is a lot of focus on the different modes of human sexuality Mm -hmm. I guess I mean. You know, that we have our Thomas character who discovers that the ballet is a really good place to pick up men. So he starts going to the ballet and picking up men and he accidentally brings home um, one of the customs agents. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how they bust him for, yeah. for well, I think they already knew about it, but that's how they end up busting him for
0: Well, what's fascinating is we see the evolution of like how yeah. he stumbles on this. Yeah. He just acts the, the guy the guy he shares the cab with just happens to give him tickets to the ballet and he has an extra ticket and he ends up selling it to a handsome man at and sitting next to him and he realizes oh this Probably. is an interest. There's a, this is an interesting <laughs> way to get to share the evening with an attractive man, and it's almost like he's down with that. Just being what it's about. Like I have companionship. Yeah. I get to meet somebody. I get to sit next closely next yeah. to them and enjoy the ballet. And and then after that first time, it becomes a thing. Where several times <laughs> he now like looks for pairs of tickets yeah. and and does the same thing, and it becomes his way to like. Meet and hook up with yeah, people, but but in it's it's like offered as like a parallel to the striptease kind yeah. of interaction.
1: So yeah, that was like the, there's a transaction involved. That's right, right. There's a there's whereas Francis's our auditor, he has an interesting relationship with Christina in that he like sees her every night, I think, you know, and so again,
0: Christina is the schoolgirl the the striped, stripper the stripper yeah. dressed as a schoolgirl, yeah,
1: and she comes over to his table and does a dance, but it's not like a a normal kind of striptease dance. it's more like he's not allowed to touch her, but she I don't know it's it seems. It's different than. It's not it's really lap dance. it's not a lap sexual. dance. Yeah, it's, it's, a lap
0: dance. it's more
1: of. I don't. I don't know. Well, here's I'd the f-
0: thing: if you if you look at a lot of their interactions, even though she like unbuttons her blouse and Oof. kind of sways and dances, a lot of what they have is the intimacy of a conversation. Yeah. Like she comes to his table and sits with him and brings a drink every time, or he buys her a drink. I'm yeah. not sure she has it, and they and they talk, and you see them whispering and talking quietly which completely freaks out the DJ, the DJ guy who used era. to date her. Yeah. And he starts to harass and pick on them both.
1: Yeah.
0: And to sometimes make comments on the, on the microphone. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, so, which it's weird. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know if we want to reveal everything, I'm, but I'm hesitant. To, yeah. The fact that he knows what's going on and he still ended up acting in the way that he did seems a little weird to me, but you know, so the DJ knows what's up. He knows the full story of what's going on with Francis. And but
0: if he knows that, then yeah. why do they have that moment towards the end where they embrace, with, with where he and Francis meet outside? Well,
1: I, I don't think that Francis knew that
0: Eric but, but Eric, Eric knew. was there.
1: But Eric did. Okay. He had to know. You okay, know. so
0: let's say, though, we, we can reveal that Francis has lost a child, yes. right? Yes. So tell us about that.
1: Um, So and that actually brings us into the like the third, which is a smaller story, but the Francis driving the little girl home, who is Sarah Polly, to her father's house, um, who we eventually learn is Francis's brother. Although the way they talk, you're never sure until until you find out everything.
0: No, no relations are really yeah. confirmed until yeah. quite late in the movie. You get the, this collage-like way yeah. we're describing the movie is how it's presented too. So
1: I mean, like it, it, it ha- eventually comes out that he's been driving his niece over to. She used to babysit for his child his daughter. that he's lost. Um, so he still does that. So he has it's part of this whole ritualized. Morning, I guess, that he's doing where he's he's still essentially
0: still hiring a babysitter to come over to to his to house. his house, even though his child was murdered yeah. about a year before I think. yeah maybe Murder? longer.
1: I thought it was a car accident for some reason. did I no
0: case? they find the body in a field.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes.
0: presumably there's no the car accident was something else yeah i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) there's (laughs) it's just there's no details given you just assume she was like uh, like one of those missing children who they found you know in a field yeah like happens so often
1: so what he is getting from christina is is comfort for that you know more so than than any sort of sexual thing and because of Eric's jealousy over this, he gets he gets Francis kicked out of the thing. He convinces Francis that he needs to touch Christina, and he does, and then they kick him out, you know, and then he's banned. Well, from- what's fascinating,
0: though, is you've already said this, but yes. Francis is, even though the interaction takes place at the striptease yeah. as a dance at the table, it isn't sexual i mean it is more about the intimacy of that conversation Mm -hmm. which you only get bits and pieces about what they could possibly be talking about or what's going on and did you notice that every time that she starts to make it more the dance more sensual or erotic or leans into him that's the moment where he stands up suddenly and walks away and goes to the
1: to the bathroom yeah. yeah. yeah
0: just to like this is not what he wanted. He's just removing himself from that part of the That's not the part of the interaction he wanted. And so he always, when it starts to go there, he gets up and leaves. What he wants is that, that exchange, that conversation, that time with a daughter like figure. Yeah. I think to replace the daughter that, well, that's part of it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting and complicated and, um, you know, I think that Christina is aware of of what she's providing in this. You know, because she talks about after he's kicked out that they, they had a deal. And by touching her, he broke that deal. You know, this but they he had also, an arrangement. But he
0: also tells her that he touched her to see, to, to make sure that she didn't respond to it. So yeah. he was doing it as a test also. Yeah, um,
1: that's true. And he would
0: have been disappointed. And he would have also broken it off had she... Let that happen? Yeah, exactly. Didn't you get, get, didn't yeah, say yeah, something like that? Yeah, he did say
1: something like that, yeah.
0: I wanted to make sure that... He kind of almost wanted to make sure that yeah. it would get cut off and that maybe not get kicked out, but that she would stop that yeah. the way he has to stop it and stand up all the time.
1: So, And I for, I almost forgot about this, but, you know, so back to Thomas who's being audited, it comes out that they know about his, his eggs that he's been smuggling and they're going to, you know, send him to jail for, for fraud. And, and so Francis actually, you know, manipulates Thomas. He says, I'll get you out of this. He'll make the problem disappear. He'll make it disappear. If you help me take out Eric, who got him kicked out of the club. Um, so they have and
0: also prove that Eric did get him yeah. kicked out because I think he has him wear a wire. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He goes into the club has... and wears a wire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is that's the most that's the most thrillery I've part pro- of it. I forgot
1: about that because the reveal is so revealing, but. But, yeah, that's an actual part of it is that Thomas gets wrapped up into this. Yeah. Thing. I was like, Thomas is kind of to the side, but then I remember that he gets sucked into no, the, like, the plot. No, he becomes a primary
0: part of the plot yeah, and how right. it resolves itself. <laughs>
1: that's right,
0: yeah. But <laughs> we, we were starting to talk about the, the babysitter mm. thing, tra- Tracy, Sarah Polly, that he hires to. So what's weird, too, is is they make it seem like she's going to practice her music at mm. his house, and that's supposedly what they've told her dad.
1: Yeah. His brother. Yeah.
0: But he pays her for that? And it sounds like her dad didn't know he was... Pay- like, everybody kind of had a blind eye about the whole yeah. thing. Like, this weird transaction where it's like he's pretending... Well, like he's this, babysitting. Heck, she finally just feels... She this doesn't is, want to this, do I it can't anymore. do this anymore.
1: Well, they had that great conversation in the car where she says... Are you and my dad still friends? Mm
0: -hmm. And she says, "I don't like the way my dad is when you're around."
1: Well, and yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's a great conversation, sort of talking around the issues that are going on there. But he says something to the effect of that her dad doesn't like who he is. You know, well, he says it first. You know, your dad doesn't like who he is when I'm around. And she was like, "I don't like."
0: How I don't like I def- how he is when you're around him. Yeah,
1: either. yeah. So and there's this idea that there's some level of guilt there and we don't know why, you know.
0: But it's also interesting as a viewer you feel uncomfortable about this this sort of inappropriate yeah. and sort of strange psychological I mean even though there's nothing inappropriate sexually or anything going on, yeah. it feels uncomfortable on a yeah. psychological level that they have this transaction between yeah. the, the, where, they, where she goes over to his house at the night and pretends to babysit while he goes yeah. to the strip club. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a little bit weird.
0: But brings her... And she does practice her music over yeah, there. Yeah, she does. She yeah. plays the piano and she has, she plays the flute.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I guess she mostly plays the flute. She has the piano. She sets Song up the piano too. I can't
1: remember. Well,
0: she's playing the theme of the, the, the main oh, title Oh, that's team, right, yeah. But the, the flute version of it. So, so have we made this sound really complicated and complex? And I'm
1: sure. I hope so, because that's that's what it is. I mean, that's the structure is very serpentine and yeah. and it's interesting and not the kind of movie that you would expect based on the <laughs>
0: description no, on all. the movie. And <laughs> I remember I did see this in the movie theater when it came out the year after I came back from London. I lived in back in San Diego for a while. Um, I think it played at the mall theater. I mean, yeah. this was released by mir distributed by Miramax, and it had a, like a crappy TV ad with like In Exotica, the club where anything can happen. You know, one of those kinds of things. And not much and happens. Shots of the Christina dancing in the schoolgirl outfit, and you know, Some close-ups of eyes, and awkward, you know, Some awkward
1: conversations between Eric and Zoe and uh, Christina.
0: <laughs> yeah. But um, I wanted to uh, revisit this film, and I I was hoping it was as intriguing and as good and interesting as I remembered it. It's something that has that it lives up to multiple viewings yeah. for me. I've probably seen it three times now, Yeah. and um, it has all of those layers and intricacies. But at the heart, it's It feels like it's mostly the story, to me, mostly the story of Francis and Christina with the other people within that circle.
1: There's, I mean, I think that there's a certain, there's, I can't think of many off the top of my head, but there's certain films that, like, focus on, like, how one tragic event can, like, you know, cause these, shockwaves or ripples i love the
0: shockwaves yes that's exactly what this these are (laughs) that
1: affect i mean in like you know toronto is a big city but it's it's also a small Mm -hmm. place and you know people's lives are intertwined and 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 like one event can affect multiple people you know especially something as traumatic as the death of or the murder of a child you know that that it, it naturally affects everybody yeah in a in a certain you know thing. I mean, I can think of you know, crimes here in Austin that, you know, still like mm-hmm. over time, you know, still continue to have, you know, rumors and effects on people and, you know, all that kind of kind of stuff. So
0: so the way that we're like peeling apart the la- like it's even it's really difficult to describe this movie. Yeah. And we're kind of unpeeling the <laughs> onion, you know, yeah. going off in this direction, going off in this direction. Like, nothing is handed to you easily. No. And so, for me, I always, like, I just to have, like, this fixed concentration on it the whole time because I don't always feel like I know what's going on or how people are related to each other. And then there's really weird disorienting things. Like, so we've mentioned that we do find out that Francis is in mourning for the loss of his daughter, but that's not given to us straight. No. What we get is those, those beautiful like pictures, uh, images of the, of a field at sort of twilight hour. Yeah. Um, with a line of people coming over the horizon yeah. towards walking through, and we don't know what they're doing or where they're going, but there's a line of, of people with backpacks and flashlights and stuff walking towards party. us. Yeah. and, and we, we just...
1: It takes a while to figure out that yeah, that's what it is. You think they're on a hike it's, or something? It's almost
0: like the structure of music where that yeah. image of the people walking through and then fragments of conversation between characters that we later learn are Christina and Eric yeah. as part of the search party. Yeah. Um, but th- that that unfolds over time, and it's got its own like sort of different music to it, yeah. and it's like... It's so out of place with the rest of the movie, which, by and large, like takes place at night and everything. Yeah. And then you have this like stark kind of twilight, daytime, overcast sort of thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. It it's does like have, a novel. It does have a different feeling entirely. That, that
0: they're like, um, it's like when you're reading a novel. It's like that little mini chapter that's a page long in between. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> br- breaks up the structure of it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And and
0: you read a little bit and then you get a little bit more of what's happening a few chapters later. It's it has in some ways a novel like structure, maybe.
1: Yeah. Or like a series of
0: short stories that are interconnected or Well,
1: it's it's interesting to me. I was looking at it, you know, for a movie as complicated it is, like the cast list is like incredibly short. It's like It's like six people or something like that. And then like man at opera or man at ballet, you know, scalper.
0: Well, even um, (laughs) the, the, the older customs agent in the beginning, who's pointing out, you know, what to do and how to look at them straight in the eye as they come over to the mirror and you have to get in their head and all that. That was like one of the leads in one of his earlier movies, but he's just got a bit part as the customs agent.
1: But I think like the whole cast list is like eight people or something like that. Plus the, you know. They're all so Actors good. I stuff, just think yeah. they're so
0: good, and I don't see very many of them anymore. But yeah. um, Bruce Greenwood plays Francis. Mm-hmm. He's he's really good. He's um, he somehow doesn't, despite like the sort of behavior and the sort of relationships he has going on with the women in this movie, with Christina, with the babysitter. He's not. He doesn't come across as creepy. No. He comes across as a very gentle, kind but troubled man Yeah. and you kind of see glimpses of the depth of his grief, but he, I don't know. There's so many shades to that performance. I just really think he's great. Yeah. I think if you miscast that role, you would have a really different film about yeah, a sort so, of creepy too. person. Yeah. You could really mess that up. <laughs> I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. You have to find someone who doesn't look. Yeah. Scared skeevy.
0: <laughs> but, oh, my God. Then,
1: Eric's really well cast as a skeevy guy, too. <laughs> so that's
0: Elias Koteas. I don't know exactly how to say his name, but he was in a number of things back then. I'm sure he's still working, yeah. but I remember, like, he was in Saving... Was it Saving Private Ryan? Or Thin Thin Red Line? I can't... One of those World War Two movies. I can't remember if it was the Darius Malik or, or the other. I think it's the Terrence Malik movie.
1: It just, like... It just uses that sort of, like, disgusting, masculine-controlling... Mm-hmm
0: he's got issues
1: yeah it's you know
0: well it's strangely he's like kind of manipulating and controlling zoe and Mm. christina and they really just need to fire his ass i don't even understand why he's a
1: terrible announcer on top of everything else
0: (laughs) why would you have
1: that guy at your really nice strip club
0: (laughs) i don't know (laughs) He's very. He just
1: brings everything down like he br- five or so six notches. So he's like
0: he's like <laughs> the announcer at a sleazy club who yeah, works in a classy club. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: who else is in the movie? Um, I don't. You know, Mia Kirshner plays Christina, but I can't remember what else. I don't know if I ever saw her in anything after that. It doesn't. I think I but I don't def- know Canadian film very well.
1: I can't. I think I looked. She's in a number of of things. Now I feel like I need to look it up.
0: Okay. Feel free to just walk away from the <laughs> podcast while you do that. Um, I can talk about Sarah Polly okay. while you look that up. This was uh, this was uh, my introduction to Sarah Polly. I think.
1: Oh, I knew her from um,
0: uh, the now, well, the I,
1: Avonlea sequel. The s- oh, was that before this? I don't know. Yeah, she was younger.
0: Okay. Yeah. Obviously, I hadn't seen that. Oh well, you know what. I told you this the other day. She was I think she was in The Adventures of Baron Munchausen.
1: Oh yeah, you and said. And she must that. have
0: been like eight or nine years old. But I didn't know who she was. This was the first one where um you know, she went on after this. She was the lead in one of the leads in the suite hereafter. Of course she became an accomplished independent film director of her yes. own. She made um. Uh, what's the document? Stories, ta- Stories We Tell. Amazing documentary that yes. you introduced to me that we should have done on this show.
1: Well, we watched it before this podcast, but that movie is incredible and if you haven't seen it, you should see and
0: it. Have you ever seen um, Take This Waltz? I think that might have been one of her, maybe her first film she directed. No. take mm. the, it, it was... Um, is that
1: the one about the... Oh. It's
0: Michelle Williams and uh. Seth Rogen are a married couple and it's... No, kind of not very interesting that. anymore, and then like she falls in love with like the rickshaw driver guy who like like the guy who's got the the hipster sort of guy in the neighborhood. It's mm-hmm. it's a story of a marriage not working very well and
1: okay, but not quite as it's depressing named as... after a Leonard Cohen song. Oh uh, yes,
0: <laughs> but and then I she made, Seth
1: Rogen is Canadian,
0: <laughs> and then she made away 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 with away from her away. Yeah, what is that called? That's the one. What about is it the... called? <laughs>
1: away from her I away think. from her i think
0: about um a woman with alzheimer's mm-hmm. a, an elderly yeah. couple
1: i heard that's good i've never, I've never seen, seen, seen it. it yeah but
0: anyway i just want to say she was an accomplished she was already at 13 14 really good in this role
1: so she was in the i haven't ever seen it the original l word hmm um she was mandy on 24 i didn't watch 24 All the things that I've not seen Mia Kirshner in. (laughs) She played Kitty in the 1997 Anna Karenina. 19 what one?
0: 1997. I don't even know what that version is, because that's not the one with um, (laughs) Kira Knightley or whatever her name is. Okay, come back to me.
1: Come back to you. Knightley was in... uh... Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that
0: so another reason uh, this movie is important to me is because it has the song uh, everybody knows everybody knows. by leonard cohen
1: so that's first time i heard that is the um christian slater pump up the volume Pump up the volume is where i heard that the first time
0: well i guess i did too if that came out earlier when did that come know. out
1: i don't think it did i think don't it was look later. it up
0: stop that we have to okay. have a conversation <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter
1: I think it came out later, though. I associate everybody knows with this movie. You associate it with that sh- movie, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song, whatever movie that it's in, or well, if it's just on the radio, it's. A good I
0: didn't song. know who Leonard Cohen was yeah. in 1994 when I was yeah. 23, and so that song and the use of it in this movie, like, and the amazing lyrics and the sound of it and that voice, like, we, my friend Chris and I, had to go, like we went out and got the cd yeah. i think chris bought the cd i'm your man that, yeah. has, that has that uh recording now look here i am with the the leonard cohen poster on the wall and like mm. all the albums and uh got finally got <laughs> to see him play um you know a few years ago right uh, two years before he died I yeah think.
1: the last tour that he went on
0: yeah i'm pretty sure he played everybody knows
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> seems like he might he pretty much played every song <laughs> he played the it was hits. about a
0: two hour and 45 minute wow, concert I think it was concert. amazing
1: yeah <laughs> boy canada has um you know it's uh little heralded but man they've uh, contributed pretty significantly to um to our uh our pop culture landscape here in the here in the lower 48 or whatever
0: yeah <laughs> but i love the score of this film too of, yeah, of Exotica, the, by Michael Dana. Um, I was listening to some of the audio commentary of of the disc the other day, and uh, about two weeks before the score, like before the recording was due, mm-hmm. like to be to be <laughs> mixed and everything, like he decided that he had to have this this traditional wedding instrument, um, the shanai from India, Indian. Interesting. And so he used the little bit of that that what was left like almost the, most of the music budget he used to fly to India to Bombay to get a traditional Chennai player and to record in the theme uh melody there. And it's really amazing it's that kind of Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the, he he had this I did, he had this but sense sometimes that sometimes you just need to do sometimes that. sometimes you just need to get that to, to create the atmosphere that you want. I guess so. And that's what Sarah Polly plays on the flute later, okay. the non shenai version. That's right. Yeah,
1: because she does not practice her shenai while she's over it.
0: No, but. And, uh, he, you know, also he has to compose the, the club, the music in the Mm -hmm. club. So he's got, everything has that kind of Eastern on Middle Eastern and Indian sort of Mm
1: -hmm.
0: exotic feel to it. So even the sort of beat music in the,
1: well, the director is Armenian. Is that right?
0: Yeah. He's Armenian, Canadian, Armenian, Armenian, or however you want to say. Yeah. (laughs) Armenian, Canadian, Canadian, (laughs) 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 Armenian. Um, and a lot of his films, earlier films, well, not a lot. His, the heritage mm-hmm. finds its way in here and there. Calendar probably more so is actually... Okay. I think they're in Armenia in that film. But...
1: So I would see more of of this, this sort of thing.
0: That's... I, I mean, he's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to say, like, to me, that's his best film. But I yeah. know that I haven't seen most of his films, probably. Uh, we actually have... This is where I confess, because I know he's probably not listening, but I still have a copy of The Adjuster on uh, Blu-ray that Don lent me maybe like seven years ago. So we can watch that sometime, and then maybe give it back to Don.
1: Okay, maybe.
0: Don, I'm sorry if you're listening. (laughs) I I probably have two or three of your DVDs in in my collection, (laughs) and also some CDs. Can we make this a confessional? Should we talk about all the things that I have of other people's? So we have the adjuster. I don't have the suite hereafter anymore, but it's very good. But that's the one I was telling you that's about, um, Sarah Polly's in that as well. And it's about the aftermath of a terrible school bus tragedy Mm. in like Alaska, I think, or interesting.
1: That just makes me think of for a second season of Veronica Mars.
0: But Ian Holm plays the, the lawyer who comes to like, try and get a class actions thing going on. And he's interviewing and talking to all the grieving parents of the children who were lost in this thing where the, where a school bus went off the road and onto a frozen lake. And then the lake, the ice broke and the thing went under and Sarah Polly plays the only child who survived. Who's, you know, a 15 year old girl, 16 year old girl and, um, in a wheelchair now for the rest of her life. And, um, it's pretty grim, yeah, <laughs> but it's really good. And it's, an, fun. <laughs> it's another one of these, it has that same, you know, take away the strip, mo- the strip club. It's the same movie. It's a, no, it's I'm just just kidding. the same thing. It's, it's the, same, the thing. same thing. Sarah Polly is uh Francis, you know, and, uh, it, but you have, again, all of these weird intricate dynamics and and part of it told through flashback and and uh, of before the accident and after the accident and the effect it has on everybody. That's the one based on a novel by Russell Banks.
1: I think it's interesting. Do you remember this like phenomenon of like films that were presented as like ero- erotic indie films that were really just like they were not good films. They were just excuses to have people naked.
0: Well, isn't that like what all of Cinemax was in the? Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. I want to say I just like, but why even like try? Like the the f- the thing I always remember is the.
0: Why are there plots at all?
1: Yeah. Well, the on Seinfeld they had that foreign film. Yeah. Rochelle, Rochelle, Rochelle. Rochelle. <laughs> this is not that. This movie is not that. But I I was re- remember. How do you
0: remember the name of that? <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle.
1: But there was like there was one like that called Kama Sutra, A Tale of Love that was. I saw to be, that in the and, movie theater. Yeah, really? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a tale I'll of love. I'll blame that on uh, kinda, my ex. It's uh, kind of softcore. <laughs> yeah. Thinly veiled i mean like i saw it on showtime or cinemax i or think that them. we yeah. saw
0: that in new york at some point Interesting,
1: yeah so they try to market it as an as an erotic indie film or something like that but it's really just like i don't know but this film is not that so don't don't watch this film if that's something so that you're if we've doing. done our job
0: here at all <laughs> Our, our <laughs> argument, yes. which we have unpacked over the course of 45 minutes, is that this is not an erotic film. Yes. It doesn't really, uh, it's not uh, It's not a thriller.
1: No. No.
0: There's not really that much danger or revenge going on in no, here. No,
1: there's no revenge. What the most dangerous that-
0: thing in here is the ways that people hurt each other emotionally. Yeah. Even when they're, I mean, so that relationship between Christina and Francis is like really bad for them both. Yeah, I mean, it's doing something for them, but it's a strange codependent thing. I mean, I don't want to say it's abusive because they're both complicit in it and they're both getting something from it. But it's not a healthy way to work out. your demons. Yeah. It's not good therapy. And they are using it as a kind of therapy because she, for reasons we won't talk about because we're going to not give away everything, (laughs) she also needs that transaction and is getting something from it. Which I just want to say, did you, were you, did the, we can't even talk about it on the show, (laughs) but did the last scene of the movie where you see where it's revealed how they know each other and like, did that, did you un- did you know that was coming in that way? Like did you get I mean that? I wasn't
1: that surprised by that point yeah. because most of it had been revealed. That was just like the last it's like putting the last puzzle piece in place
0: like But that's where you learn what she's getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah yeah I still that that's always i always for,
1: well, I, I, I just, forgot
0: about that yeah. it's a, it's a final scene it's like a coda after all of this other stuff has been resolved and um it's kind of mind blowing in a way I mean I don't know why it just adds another like emotional
1: yeah um,
0: heartbreaking sort of element and deepens the relationship that you've been watching the whole time and trying to puzzle out
1: yeah you know, the one thing that it lacked that I wished that it had was a better explanation of what went on between Christina and Eric. I mean, like, you know, was it just that he was a creep and they broke up or, you know, he made it seem like he was like absolutely devastated, broken hearted kind of thing, like she ruined his life kind of thing. But all we find out from them is that their relationship is bad now. And we get to see them before the relationship started, so I kind of wish that we had a little bit more of a filling in the blanks. I mean, I guess it's not that necessary. You know, I just
0: I hear what you're saying, but yeah. I also don't mind because I can kind of fill in that story in my no. head. Like I don't like we don't even know like who ended up at the club first.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: And I kind of feel like he followed her there, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. Because neither of them are associated with Exotica, the club. When they, when you see them meet in those flashbacks, yeah. as far as we know, right? He's like a student or something, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
1: So that's that's the mystery that's left. We we don't get to know that. So
0: I feel like I can feel it there. Like I believe in it. Mm-hmm. I just, but I don't know the details. Yeah, but I also, it doesn't bother me for yeah. some reason.
1: It's just weird to have that, like... Like, they so may Essentially, have, I mean, it's it's a weird meat cute but essentially a meat cute sort of thing.
0: Meet-cute uh, <laughs> while on a search party? I
1: know! Like I said, it's a weird, dark meat cute but...
0: <laughs> it's not that
1: cute. <laughs> yeah, but they... I mean, like, they started talking about serious things, yeah. and, you know, that sort of... Well,
0: they formed a connection. Yeah. And, like, you don't expect... It, like, it's weird to see him in... Then... And then how much of an asshole and a jerk and a control freak and a jealous... Yeah,
1: what happened there? I don't know. Why is that the same person? Yeah, anyway. It's not... It's like I said, it's not necessary or important. I'm just... Yeah. I'm just interested, so...
0: Well, I like that this movie is not straightforward in any way and that you have to sit from frame one to the end to really know the whole story. But after you've seen it, It all now you have it, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that's it's kind of hard to remember how it's told because now that you understand all the relationships and all the connections, like you complete the puzzle in your head, you have the whole story. Now, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm waving my hands around by my forehead to gesture and illustrate on a podcast.
1: It's like when you use you're like really, you're too close. And it just looks like a bunch of dots, but then you zoom out and you discover that it's like fractals, and like it creates this spiral pattern.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I can totally follow that because I was going with like a pointillist sort of thing at first, and I thought that you stand back and you can see now the the picnic. No, curve, I was
1: going with like mathematical okay. like sets, sort of.
0: Spirograph. I don't know. Why the, I said that.
1: Universal fractals and. You know,
0: that just makes me think of Fraggle Rock,
1: the golden ratio, Fractal rock. golden ratio and all that business.
0: I don't know what you're talking about anymore.
1: <laughs> okay. Let, talk to me about movies <laughs>
0: and directing and uh, Adam and Um,
1: I think I've said all I need to say about that.
0: About Fractals or about the film? No, in about,
1: the <laughs> <laughs> okay. about Exotica. I do kind of want to say I'm super excited that Parasite won a bunch of Oscars last night. Yeah, me too. So, if because you it was seen, the
0: best film of the year, I know
1: it was. It was a fantastic film. I'm, you know, we didn't watch it, but I'm super sad that Greta Gerwig was a not nominated for Best Director and B did not win for Best Adapted Screenplay. No, because I don't remember if I've talked about. Little Women on the no, podcast you, you at you all. No, you did We
0: did a post on Instagram where you Yeah, where you, I just I gushed. I gushed.
1: I gushed. Yes. I I just think it was a fantastic film. It was I was very skeptical about whether we needed another Little Women because I've seen every Little Women adaptation Ever made? I mean, not everyone, because they make them like every Catherine three Hepburn. years or something. Like I've seen the Catherine I've Hepburn one. I've never seen the one. Catherine Hepburn. I've seen the Owner Ryder one. I've seen the one that came out on PBS like a number of years ago, uh, which was also very good. But she takes this story that I know so well that I've read the novel three or four times in my life. That you know that when I fantasized that I might have a child at some point, I wanted a neighbor Josephine, you know, it's that kind of influence on my life. And Did
0: you tell me that before? No, didn't know that's that. the You've first time. You've never told me. That's my... Um, All is revealed on Well, I episode. mean, it
1: also... My father, is, his name is Joe, mm-hmm. so um, it was... It was... Anyway, so anyway, in my, in my dream fantasy weirdness, um, but this this novel, this is so meaningful and like what she was able to draw out of it by pulling on the story of Louisa May Alcott and her life and what it means to be a woman who creates things in the Mm -hmm. world. So, I mean, she even like pulls on like her own existence as a creative woman in the world and and how challenging that is and how people question you for making choices that are different than what the you know and even the women who make traditional choices they have questions and concerns and they have passions and interests that are beyond just children and just love and just family and um anyway (laughs) so i i think it was immensely important film for for me, but for for women and for someone to make such a great statement. And it makes me sad that, you know, n- people didn't recognize the towering achievement that it is. I mean... Well,
0: people recognize <laughs> yeah. it. You're just talking about the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, but... Who gives a fuck about the Oscars? Well,
1: I mean, I again, you know, and the reason... The thing that's so frustrating about it is what she's saying is, is, you know, that, that people put women in these boxes Mm -hmm. and that's why she didn't get nominated for, you know, I mean like, you know, because of the way our society is constructed, it's still constructed like it was in 18 freaking 65. You know, it's, it's infuriating that that's still, you know, the thing, but super excited about Parasite because that film also a towering achievement of class dissection of of class structure and it's just the more i read about it the more fascinating it is so you know
0: in the first ever foreign language international film to win best picture yes bong joon ho is uh, a genius
1: yeah. yeah so you haven't seen i the have host. not
0: seen any of his other films so like, i've I seen the host. no 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 i've seen um <laughs> so, did he do mother i've seen i haven't mother. seen
1: mother yeah so I, I saw the host when it came out and truly original horror monster film Mm -hmm. um best best selling south korean film of all time apparently um so that's we should watch that at some point too it's really good and interesting and um, i would
0: watch a double feature of parasite and little women right now yeah especially after you talked about how great they (laughs) are again and i also uh hats off to greta gerwig who i've Adored since day one when she was in Mumblecore movies as yeah. an actress, to um, Saoirse Ronan and Frances Pugh, who's oh, so, so good, good as Amy in yeah. Little Women. This she, is your year, Frances.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I've never had seen that character of Amy given that much yeah. richness and her of her own story yeah. in that way, where you're well, not just and like, like
1: just that that sort of thing, like wanting. Wanting to be great and Mm -hmm. being able to recognize greatness and realizing that you don't have it in you is like one of the hardest things that humans have to deal with, which is that you have something that you love doing and it makes you happy and you'd love to be able to make money doing it. But sometimes you just can't, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's that's its own kind of heartbreak you know and you can still do it but it's mm-hmm. not the you know sometimes you have to settle and especially when you're in the situation that she was in you know she had to you know anyway <laughs> <laughs> great film that said
0: we didn't watch the oscar <laughs> ceremony at all we did not we saw i think you uh Saw the headlines on your phone at some point and yeah. shouted them out because yeah. I was convinced I had th- I didn't think Parasite had a chance, yeah. Frankly, those two were the, the well, I had three films at the well, top I of my was list. About the other it, film I loved this year was The uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco, yeah, which and we it, did a whole show it never on. Never
1: would have it, never would. I mean, it won the Golden Brick from um film film. No, I'm just saying
0: that the the, the films we're talking about are among the 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 absolute finest for me. My favorite films of the year.
1: Yeah, I think those. You named those three. Trying to think if there's, yeah, those are probably my top three. I would guess.
0: Cool. We are the same person. We're not the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> hey, and just uh, sorry that this episode's coming to you so late, uh, as usual. Life uh, has uh, strange uh, things happen. This is,
1: this is take two, uh,
0: this particular Well, episode. this was take two, but also um, <laughs> life uh, has been different uh, because my oldest daughter injured her knee really yeah. seriously a few weeks ago and tore her ACL and has had surgery and, and all sorts of stuff. We're all... She's doing great. We're all dealing with. But um, yeah the normal routine is a little bit uh, is a lot more complicated right now dumb. so it's been harder to get these out uh, regularly but we're here yeah. take two seem to work better well, than take one i take mean one.
1: his doctor who convention this weekend so um who knows if <laughs> when we'll who knows if we'll come back <laughs> <laughs> no who knows when we'll, the next episode will be out so we'll see <laughs>
0: in what well, do are we supposed to do one next week to get back on schedule i, I don't
1: know don't anyway, promise them that I'm not promising it's not gonna anything. happen yeah
0: okay well thank you for listening tell your friends about the show find us on instagram shut up watch this on facebook shut up watch this podcast um what else leave us a review on yes. apple yeah, itunes we, we would love so other people to can reach, find us
1: reach a broader audience you know
0: and write us a note send us an email yeah tell us uh how uh exotica actually is a yeah. sen- sensuous th- uh, an exotic thriller or um <laughs> no a seduct what was it it's uh
1: it's uh in a world of temptation obsession is the deadliest desire
0: yes if you can tell me in a hundred words why that's an accurate uh, reflection of exotica then you won't win anything but anyway <laughs> my gratitude we'll see you next time uh <laughs> thanks for listening bye